Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hope if you're in the United States, you had a great holiday weekend. First, special shout out, Yoshiko. Yoshiko Dart. I always have a shout out for Yoshiko. I love her. And we will always remember Justin. And, hey, Ireland, what the heck is going on? I had the most listeners last week in Ireland. Oh, my goodness. But we have 17 countries listening to the show. um, And I just want to say how much I appreciate all of you who follow the show. Remember, if you can't hear it, or you know someone that can't listen to the show because of work, which is understandable, on demand. They can get all the shows. Uh, and or at my website. All of them archived. Um, and, hey, what would we do without Highmark? I mean, Highmark is the lead sponsor and has been, and what a great partner they are. And guess what? They have been since 1995, and David Holmberg, who is the CEO, is carrying on the flag for the employment of people with disabilities. Now, before I introduce our fabulous guest today, I just want to say something. You know, I was thinking about this. In our community, like as you all know, I'm living with epilepsy. So in our disability community, the only person that was able to really bring that community together was, in fact, Justin Dart. And one of the problems we've had since then is it seems as if everyone is in their own silo. Uh, And that's not good. Because if we were all working together, oh my goodness, think what we could do. So this brings me to Deborah Rue. You know, she just was never like a silo person. You know what I mean? I mean, she worked with me, she worked with everyone, um, but she just always included all of us in everything she was doing. And she is really one of the unique people in that area. She is also just a superstar. I mean, wow, she's done so much. Global strategy, uh, employment, accessibility. Wait till you hear about the size of her social media. I mean, she is just a wonderful person. She is the CEO and founder of Rue Global Communications. Deborah, welcome to the show. Well, now I'm going to start the show crying because it was such a nice introduction. Thank you, Joyce. Boy, to even be in the same sentence, you know, with, you know, Justin Dart is is such an honor. You know, it's, uh, and you know, Joyce, you and I are always on the same page in that we can't have these silos. And it's interesting when, when times get tough, the silos get, you know, stronger instead of relaxing so that we can all come together. I mean, if you look at our community, we're one billion people strong. I, I mean, we, if we came together, if we really came together globally, we would be unstoppable. We could really, really change the world for people with disabilities. So I, um, I loved the introduction. So. Thank you for having me on the show, Joyce. Oh, my pleasure, and it's true what I said. Um, and you have done so much for so many people uh, living with disabilities. So, for everyone in the United States and around the world, let's begin by you telling our listeners what caused you to become such a passionate advocate. Well, thank you so much, Joyce. It's... It, um, 
It started a long time ago, but the, the, the real catalyst is my daughter. My daughter with Down syndrome that is now 31 years old. And what? I remember, yeah, I know. Oh. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and she, she still, you know, she still looks very young. She's blessed with um, a very youthful face. Of course, 31 is very young to me, but... Um, 31, yeah. But I, I, I just remember when I was pregnant with her, Joyce, I just, I'm an optimistic person. It just never, it never occurred to me that I could have um, a baby with a disability. It just never, it just, I did, it wasn't something I worried about. And then when they told us that she had Down syndrome, they didn't tell us for four months, which is unusual. And then when they did, Joyce, I already knew this baby. I'd carried her for nine months, and we had known her four months um, outside the womb, and I thought she was a pretty cool kid. And the, the doctors start telling us how tragic our life is going to be, how sad it is that she has Down syndrome. And I, I just remember having a hard time connecting the, you know, I mean, of course we weren't thrilled she had Down syndrome. We would have preferred her not to have a syndrome, but this is who she was. Every single chromosome of who she is, right, Joyce? So why not celebrate her uniqueness instead of thinking of it as a tragedy? You know what? It always amazes me when I hear what people have told people, you know, over the years, because... Um, that, that feeling is something that has this deep seated stigma toward people with disabilities. And sadly, it's still like this with people with Down syndrome. It is unbelievable. And if any of you met Sarah, which I have, she is the most delightful, fun-loving, beautiful person. Um, You would love her. She is just awesome. And I'm sure that Sarah herself has encountered uh, barriers or obstacles that she has had to overcome. Uh, How about that? How about talking about that? Yeah, and the and it's interesting because there's still so much we don't know about Down syndrome, and you know, right before Sarah was born, you know, we were still institutionalizing, you know, babies with uh, Down syndrome um, and other, you know, intellectual disabilities, and there, and it it actually came up in the conversation, the first conversation about you know, maybe it would be best to institutionalize. And I, I, I know I must have given him quite the look because he actually backed up a little, which is a wise thing to do when you're telling me, I, I, I want to see, uh, you, you're not going to get this baby out of my arms, so forget it. But so what are, what are people like Sarah really capable of doing if, if we could just let them, you know, join society, which we have now. But it, what's interesting is things have shifted and changed as Sarah has grown, just like everybody, right? And, and, um, and I've had, you know, we've had, you know, problems making sure she was educated and not just babysat in school and should she work and she did work. And, but, you know, one of, the, uh, one of the biggest problems, I'm actually writing a new book about it, one of the biggest problems that we've had with Sarah um, is uh, actually technology. Um, I got, Sarah's 31 years old, so I bought her a few years ago. She got an iPhone, and at first I didn't understand what was happening, Joyce, but she actually, she started going more inside and not wanting to be that social, really amazing individual that she is. And she, um, more and more, she wanted to be on that technology, and it started, it started causing a lot of, a lot of dramatic behavior problems. And I was slow to figure it out. <laughs> and uh, I finally did figure it out. So now what we do is she still has an iPhone or, you know, she still has a smartphone. 
but we, she's, um, we limit when um, and for how long she can use it. Just like I do the same thing for myself, Joyce. At the end of the day, I put my phone away and I, you know, I, try, I interact with my family. So as our world is changing with artificial intelligence and robotics and driverless cars, all of those things are going to help people with disabilities, but at the same time, you know, as we're trying to figure out all this technology, it's also there are, um, there's risks to not only our community, but um, society as a whole. So that's one of my biggest uh, issues that I've been dealing with lately. (laughs) Well, um, let me ask you this. What do you think about the fact that like 70% of parents after a prenatal test decide to abort a child with Down syndrome? Um, you know what? I, I think it's, it's sad. And the reason why is because I think those parents, um, I think that they're, and I'm not judging anyone. Everybody's got to make their own choice. But I think that there's not enough information about how amazing an individual with Down syndrome can be. And Down syndrome is like life and that it's a spectrum, and but I will tell you there's been studies done on families that have family members uh, with Down syndrome, and these families tend to be happier than most of society. And so I, I wish that these people that were decide. and I'll tell you, Joyce, one time on social media, I, um, Richard Dawkins tweeted um, that to somebody that if they had a fetus with Down syndrome, abort it and try again. Well, that tweet almost made me lose my mind, but then his next tweet was, and if you don't, shame on you for being a burden to society. Well, you know what, Joyce? My family's not a burden to society. We give back to society. My daughter's not a burden. My daughter adds value in this world, and I don't think we are evolved enough as human beings to decide who does and does not get to be worthy to be born. So I would say we have to keep doing what you said at the beginning of the show, breaking down these silos, breaking down the barriers, educating each other in the community about how we all come together and work, and then having corporate brands like Highmark, God bless Highmark, for getting behind your program and supporting you. God bless the CEO of Highmark for understanding it. And my new book, Inclusion Branding, That's what we're talking about, Joyce. I am talking to corporations about what they can do to support us, but I'm hoping our community will understand that if you have a choice to buy insurance, you should buy it from Highmark because they're supporting our community. Oh, yeah. I I definitely believe that. And actually, I tell companies that people with disabilities, when they find out that a company hires, supports people with disabilities, they are absolutely more likely to purchase from there and work from with them. Don't you agree? I do agree. And it's very important to um, corporations to be an employer of choice because one thing that I love about the new generation, the millennial generation, uh, I guess not the new, but the millennial generation is that they have said they will pay more money for a product and service if they believe that the corporation is doing good things for their for their communities and they're socially responsible. And they also will work, they only want to work for employers that are making a difference, hiring a diverse workforce, giving back to the community, and they will leave you in a second. If you are not that company that comes out that you're sexually abusing women, that you're standing by, you know, all the mess that happens, that you're not hiring a diverse workforce, it's more critical to them, to brands than ever before, Joyce, to include us, to talk about what you're doing, and then at the same time for our community to actively reward these brands. Talk about them positively on social media, write letters of thanks. I hope all of the listeners will take the time to write a letter to the CEO of Highmark thanking him for supporting Joyce's program. Because if we did that, listen to this community, if we did this, we could change everything. Nobody would ever consider not including people with disabilities in education, in their workforce, in transportation, in housing. If we really, really told these brands what we think about them including us and not including us. 
Oh, amen to that. Hey, I I don't want to forget this. Uh, Deborah, you were saying you have a new book out, but I know you have other books. So first tell us about the, the new book. What is it about again? And what is it called? The new book, um, which came out a couple of weeks ago, is called Inclusion Branding. And um, I'm really blessed. A good friend of ours, Tony Coella, wrote a review on the, um, uh, on the cover of the book. So very blessed to have Tony do that. And, um, the, and, I, and Joyce, I, you wrote me a review as well, which is inside the cover, which is exciting. And what it's about, it's called Inclusion Branding. And so I'm speaking to corporations that are doing branding. All corporations do marketing and branding. And I'm talking to them about the importance of including diverse populations in their branding, their marketing, their advertising. But also we talk about it from the employment perspective and how everything has to be accessible so we can join and customers and things like that. But the book is about... Uh, it's for a corporation understanding why not only do you need to be socially responsible, and one way you can prove you're socially responsible is by employing and retaining people with disabilities, by making sure your website, your services, and your training, everything that you do is fully accessible, and supporting the community of people with disabilities. But I wrote it in a way, Joyce, so that um, you can take I use the community of people with disabilities because that's my community. But you could actually insert other communities and and instead or additionally, like LGBT or you could do Hispanics. Or so I wrote it from a community perspective. But brands must engage with communities, and they must tell communities now what you're doing, and you must prove to all of us you're a good corporation, not a bad corporation, and one way to do that is by working with groups like Joyce to make sure that you're employing people with disabilities and retaining people with disabilities, That, and then tell us these stories so that we know you are one of the corporate brands that are actually trying to make a difference in a world, and you're not just there for profits. Well, that is awesome. How do you buy the book? It, the book is on Amazon right now. It is, um, it is on, you can go to my website, ruglobal.com, R-U-H, global.com, or you can go to Amazon and search on Deborah Rue, R-U-H, or the book. But it is, um, right now, Joyce, it's available in print and on Kindle, and we're working on an audible version since everybody consumes data in different ways. And also, it makes the book more accessible by giving it multiple uh, ways for people to reach the information as well. But that isn't the only book. That isn't the only one. Um, (laughs) Yes. Keep going on. (laughs) Well, um, I wrote before that a few years before it came out in 2016, Tapping into Hidden Human Capital. Um, And I followed 31 corporations all over the world in in their journeys to employ people with disabilities. And I tried sort of to break down some of the some of the stigmas and barriers associated with this topic. And once again, I, I come from corporate America. I was a vice president in banking for years uh, before I decided to become an entrepreneur and delve into our community um, from a business perspective. And so I speak to the corporations and I help them understand, you know, the difference between if you're doing business in the United States, we want you to definitely follow our Americans with Disabilities Act, which was, you know, in 1999, it was legislated and it's a beautiful piece of legislation and the world has learned from this. But if you are also a multinational that's doing business outside the U.S., and I do a lot of work globally, um, you need to understand, you know, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, which a lot, they adopted a lot of the language from the ADA. They really built it around the ADA. So as Americans, I think we can be proud. We should be very proud of our ADA legislation and the people before us that fought for our rights. But it's, so it was working with corporations, helping them understand the value to their bottom line of employing and retaining people with disabilities. And also the studies that we found, Joyce, is that we think it's great if you try to go out and start employing people with disabilities, but what the studies have shown us, you're almost 
going to be more successful if you start up with a partner. Um, somebody like Joyce's firm or there are others, but we're finding the corporations that are actually involving the community <laughs> are being more successful at uh, truly including us in, you know, employment. And then I also wrote a book. It's funny, Joyce. It seems like the dark ages. I wrote a book in 2013 about finding your voice using social media, but Gosh, you know, that is like the dark ages these days. And so I actually have taken it out of print because so much has changed in social media since I wrote that book. Isn't that amazing? You know, we're not talking 20 years ago. That's amazing. That just shows you how fast, though, technology uh, does change. Well, once again, Amazon, Deborah Rue, R-U-H, or Rue, is it Global Communications? No, it's just RueGlobal.com. Okay, RueGlobal.com. RueGlobal.com for uh, purchasing these great books she just spoke about. Uh, and Sarah, you talked about global. Obviously, yeah. it's, as your website says, RueGlobal. Tell us what you do on a global basis. Well, you know, Joyce, whenever I was, um, I, I had a former company called Tech Access, and we did Section 5-way consulting, make sure that everything was accessible and worked with big corporations. And um, I merged that company in 2011, and I stayed there for like 18 months. And then I thought, okay, my work is not done. I, I've got to be, I've got to add more value. And so I thought, I'm going to create a marketing company that focuses on disability inclusion and tells the good stories of what's happening. As you said earlier on, Joyce, you know, our community, it gets so siloed and people are like, I'm going to protect my turf and my pot of money over here at the expense of everybody else. And I thought, we've got to be better about telling the good work that other people are doing and really trying not to be, like, I, I can't be Joyce Bender. Joyce Bender, you are much better at being Joyce than I am, but what I can do is I can make sure your story is heard and elevated and we can turn the volume up. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I, I wanted to work with corporations, with the community of people with disabilities, and with the United Nations to really turn up the volume of why it really is good business for us to include people with disabilities in our workforces and everything we're doing. So I globally have worked with many country governments and helping them um, try to, you know, they're st everybody's trying to, except the U.S., we're trying to implement the U.N. Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And so I, you know, would, I wrote, like, the policies for UNICEF on how they acquire uh, technology and make sure it's accessible. I've, I do training. I've done accessibility. But I will tell you, Joyce, as my world has changed and evolved and it, I'm trying to figure out, once again, what, how can I have the greatest impact? Uh, more and more, I'm saying, don't, you don't have to work with Rue Global. If you want to employ a lot of people with disabilities, especially here in the United States, I was on a panel once, and we were talking about this, Joyce, and they were saying, well, how do we begin? And somebody on the panel said, just go hire people with disabilities. And I said, you know, I wish it was that simple, but we are the United States, and if you do it wrong, you can actually get in a lot of trouble. So instead, partner with a known partner that has history, that is part of the community. Use partners to make sure you can be your best. You don't have to work with them forever. You can work with them just to set up your program and then do it yourself. You're smart corporations. You can, you know, figure out how to keep this program working. But working with um, somebody in the community that really has, knows this field is a lot less risky uh, to a corporation and, um, and a multinational corporation. And so I started working with the International Labor Organization as a consultant because they have a global business disability network. And 
we found that of the 22 plus companies that were on the GBDN, only two of them were from the United States and they were being represented by Europeans, which were smart, smart Europeans, but then the U.S. voice isn't being heard. And so we, I facilitated a meeting where 40 corporations came to the table and we talked about not only is it critical that you have the national conversations like the USBLN and the NODs and the AAPDs. You must have those national conversations. You also need to have the global conversations if you're a multinational corporation. We want you to do in the U.S., but we also want to make sure you're employing people with disabilities outside the U.S. And I'm blessed, as are you, Joyce, to be a speaker for the U.S. State Department. I know you just got back from Japan speaking for the State Department. And I'm very proud as an American that I can go out and, you know, say that we actually are doing some really cool things in the U.S. still. We're still here. <laughs> we are. We have a long way to go. But yeah. many, many of these countries are... 20, 30, or 50 years behind us, uh, yep. you know, because from going to South Korea to Indonesia and what you've done. Um, I, you know what I mean when I say that. Yeah. Um, but what I yeah. told yeah. everyone earlier is that you are, no wonder you wrote that book about social media. I think mm-hmm. you are a social media giant. I mean, when you told me everything you were doing, I was, wow, this is unbelievable. Um, So two things. First, what is the mission of your company? And then tell us about some of the programs and what you are doing with social media. Okay. You know, one thing that I realized, I, I, my father was a technologist before anybody knew what a technologist was. And so he... He taught me to love technology, and technology is intense, and it can cause a lot of problems, but it can also cause a lot of great, you know, benefits to society as well. So would I, when I was trying to figure out what my next thing was going to be when I had merged my company Tech Access, um, I... I, I love marketing and I love telling stories and I knew how important social media was going to be. And so I thought I'm going to get on social media and I'm going to get a really loud, positive voice talking about inclusion of people with disabilities. And so I started working on it, wrote a book about it. And um, I'm now blessed to have a very large following uh, according to analytics and stuff. Um, I'm one of the, um, you know, well, I'm a market influencer. I'm a market in- influencer with 175,000 uh, people that follow me on Twitter. And I have a Facebook group and LinkedIn. And I'm on all of the mediums that you would expect, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and Twitter. And I also created with two other people, uh, Neil Milliken and Antonio Santos, uh, both Europeans. Uh, well, I should say one's from Ireland and Portugal and one is from England. So I guess they're both from the UK now. I guess we can't say Europeans anymore. And we created Access Chat, AXS Chat, which you've been on, Joyce, where we talk about accessibility and we talk about disability inclusion. And we became one of the top, like the second, sometimes we get first place, but generally we're second or third in the world on um, any topic. And we're talking on Twitter about including people with disabilities in the workforce, empowering people with disabilities, and um, accessibility and digital inclusion. And we just won award. A digital transformation conference in Europe just gave us the top award for a digital campaign. Now, this is a long-time digital campaign. We've been doing it since November 2015, every single Tuesday. We've had billions of tweets. It's amazing what you can do with this technology now. And so... um, but what my company does is we, um, we work with 
governments or corporations um, and UN agencies as consultants and strategists. And we really um, do a lot of work with corporations on telling their stories. Once again, I can't, I'm not going to try to be everything to you, you know, corporation, but you need to be accessible. You need to be employing and retaining people with disabilities. You need to know how to accommodate those employees. You need to make this future of the part of your future of work efforts um, as you're adopting this artificial intelligence and the machine learning and all the different things. You have to consider your employees and your customers and your shareholders with disabilities in these conversations. And so I, so I do a lot of that type of work. And I'll tell you, Joyce, I'm going to be very transparent about something. At the beginning of the year, we had three major contracts lined up with brands here in the United States where we're going to do, we were going to do marketing campaigns to talk about what they had done to include people with disabilities. All three of the corporations put it on hold because they all got really sort of spooked about all the negativeness that was going on on social media, especially with the um, the she says or Me Too, the Me Too movement. Now, not that they are against the Me Too, Too movement, but they were just sort of afraid if they put out a campaign, a national campaign about what they were doing to include people with disabilities, that maybe they would make the LGBT community mad or they would make the women mad or they would. And, and I tried to explain to them that you have to be brave <laughs> anyway, but at the same time, sometimes it's, it's very hostile out on social media. And so, um, but at the same time, my mother died suddenly. And so I, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason, but it's, it's a shame that corporations in the United States are afraid to talk about the good work they are doing to really include people with disabilities in their workforce and as customers because they're afraid they'll get hit with a lawsuit because they haven't done enough. They're afraid, Joyce, it makes them more of a target, which is really sort of sad. That is sad. And by the yeah. way, I'm sorry Sorry to hear about your mother. Yeah. Thank you, Joyce. It was a hard one. Yeah, that is a hard one. Uh, yeah. And I know, I know it's a hard <laughs> one um, because of my mother. You know, that's yeah. the thing is that when you get older, you don't realize you can go from being the child taking care of to taking care of the parent uh but you know that's that's certainly still a blessing uh to all of us but you know i want to get back to what you were talking about with these corporations that is really sad because you know what if only they realized that there are people from the lgbt community who have a disability, women that right. have a disability, uh, African-Americans, Hispanic, Asian, you know, all groups are people that have people with disabilities uh, working for them. But yeah, that's that's too bad. I hope the day comes that it won't be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really hope I, that I day. do. I, I want us to celebrate our successes. And one thing that our community can do is demand, you know, to start, I, I always believe, you know this, Joyce, I always believe you get more flies with honey. So I'm always very positive on social media. I don't slam anybody on social media. I usually don't talk about politics at all. I, I will confess I got a little bit engaged in the conversation um, for, with our last presidential campaign, but um, generally I don't talk about politics. Um, online, and I just really try to stick to the facts and or, or in talking about our community and and i 'll do things like this joyce somebody uh, they, somebody posted something that I love this one that eighty five percent of the um, the the videos that are viewed on Facebook are watched with the sound off now I cannot think of a better reason to caption those videos. Because we're not listening to whatever you're saying anyway. Maybe if I'm a person that's deaf, I can't hear it if you haven't captioned it. But 85% of us are not watching your videos with, you know, we're watching them with the sound turned off. So 
if you captioned them, you would do an even better job of capturing our attention. And so, you know, I try to engage in those conversations. I'm very involved in artificial intelligence and IoT and the smart cities and all those conversations, making sure we're thinking of it from the perspective of can we all be included? Can people that have aged, like my husband and acquired disabilities, or people like my daughter, or, you know, people, we're all people, can we all be part of this revolution that is, you know, happening? And so many people are afraid um, artificial intelligence is going to take jobs away from us, especially jobs from people with intellectual disabilities. But we actually, I think what we're finding is this could be more of an opportunity because my daughter, Sarah, just looking from that lens with Down syndrome, She's really a smart girl. She keeps her mother on her toes with the technology. And so she could add a lot of value in these conversations. She's not your traditional um, employee, but the, let's stop assuming people can't add value to the conversation because, because they're gay, because they have the wrong color skin, because they have a visible disability, because they have an invisible disability. You know, let's just, could we just focus on People and the abilities they bring to the table, I think, you know, that's, I talk about that a lot in, um, in my, in my books. I also talk about the definitions of disabilities because yes, most countries have signed and ratified the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, except the U.S., sadly, but hopefully we will ratify it soon, someday. We hope, uh, because remember, when Americans leave our borders, they're not protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act anymore. And a lot of Americans leave our borders so and then come back. So the ADA is incredible, but we also need to lead and uh, also be part of the U.N. Convention as well. But as all of this is happening, we, we're just trying to make sure that everybody can be included to the best of their abilities and technology can really, it can really supplement if you say that you um, are dyslexic and you need some assistive technology. I mean, you can be the same. I mean, my daughter could get to work if she has access to a driverless car. Um, AI could help someone like my husband who has sadly been diagnosed with early onset dementia, which is a huge issue coming at us in the United States and everywhere. Um, there, every 66 seconds, somebody is being diagnosed with Alzheimer's in the United States, Joyce, and the predictions are that 45 million Americans are going to, in the next three to five, uh, five to 10 years, um, get, they're going to have, uh, they're going to get Alzheimer's. And so, it, people with dementia are, still, a lot of people with dementia are still working. And there's so much misnomers about all of these words, scary, scary words like dementia and Alzheimer's. And, but we're living in these fragile bodies. And as, as we live our lives, we, we all become part of this amazing community. We welcome everyone in, right, Joyce? That's right. And you know what? Who knows what could happen? With artificial yeah. intelligence. I mean, with what you were just talking about. Who knows? You just don't know. Uh, but yes, I do agree with you. Um, so, Deborah, how, how about people with intellectual disabilities? Uh, this is one of the areas that is in such need of assistance. How about you? What have you seen? What have you seen in the area of employment for people with intellectual disabilities? Well, I'm actually hopeful about what's happening with people with intellectual disabilities. Now, we have um, some very uh, amazing, influential corporations that have put uh, programs in place to employ people with autism, especially in technology jobs. And so we've seen some really cool things with that. We've seen programs like Project Search that have been working with that community for a long time. I know, Joyce, you help corporations come up with a plan to employ different people with disabilities. But something, I I started hearing a lot of, um, because, of course, I'm also very engaged with the Down syndrome community since that's part of my family. Um, But I started hearing grumbling, saying, oh, all we ever hear about is autism and blender. What about us? What about us? 
And I reached out to, or really a, a large nonprofit in, um, in the United States reached out to me the other day, and they said, we have an employment program for people with intellectual dis- developmental disabilities, IDD, and, but we can't seem to get in the door with the corporations. And so I said, well, what are you saying to them when you come in? You know, because often our community service providers and stuff, when they're coming in to talk to corporations about employing people with disabilities, they don't always use the right words. They'll use words like, do you have any barriers to employment, which translates to the individual, oh, no, you're going to sue me, (laughs) even though that's not what I meant. But um, And there's just a lot of mis information, you know, well, I'll carve out these jobs, or why don't you create these jobs over here just for people with intellectual developmental disabilities, but the reality is, that's not what a a corporation should be creating jobs because they need the job to do their work, to make their money, Uh, so uh, I think sometimes we send the wrong messages to corporations and employers when we're trying to talk them into employing people with disabilities, so, but I was talking to this um, this nonprofit, and we were talking about how they should be approaching and what their role should be, and that it is okay to go in and help for a little while and then, you know, let them figure out how to do it themselves. That's the only way that's going to be sustainable, right, in a situation like that. But I liked the idea about a national nonprofit working with local chapters. Um, but at the same time, don't try to be everything to everybody because, I mean, you've spent years and years developing your expertise, um, Joyce. And so I'm really trying to discourage because all of a sudden everybody can do autism hiring. And there's some real buyer's beware problems there because not everybody knows how to do this. And so as a corporation, I do recommend you find the right partner, but I would really find a partner that actually has a lot of history and a lot of experience doing this because, unfortunately, there's a lot of ways to get in trouble, and um, there's a lot of ways to get in the media as you're getting in trouble, too. And so uh, I'm actually sort of hopeful because I'm starting to see some interesting innovations come out. Uh, I I just saw the National Science Foundation just put out a grant. They They usually give money just to universities, but a grant on artificial intelligence and disabilities, especially from the lens of the intellectual developmental disabilities. And so the National Science Foundation is wondering, are these people going to lose the jobs they have and they're horribly underemployed and unemployed? So are they going to lose what they already have for number one? And number two, is there any way that we could use artificial intelligence to actually help this individual with a developmental disability um, maybe have an advantage over somebody that hadn't had that training and access to that technology. Could we give people with intellectual disabilities almost an advantage by using artificial intelligence or robotics or some of these technologies that are out there so that they could be more successful than, you know, parts of uh, other parts of the community that didn't have that same access. Uh, And I'm not in any way saying let's not give access to everybody, but I just thought it was a very interesting conversation Because could that happen? Could we, many of the jobs that are going to be available in five years, Joyce, they don't even exist today. And that's, you know, there weren't social media managers and social media content providers, you know, eight years ago. Not really. You couldn't really find a job like that. So if we don't even know what the jobs are going to be, we can make some guesses because we can try to guess where artificial intelligence and all this new technologies are going. But um, how do we prepare, better prepare people with intellectual disabilities for the, the future of work, for um, what's coming, um, so that they're not left out and not qualified to do jobs? And, and one more quick point, Joyce. I will tell you that I've gone around the world, the country, including the U.S. and the world, and I've looked at different programs, employment programs, and I'm so dismayed often to see that the jobs that they're training people like my daughter to do, they don't even exist. You can become a great woodworker 
how, how many jobs do you know of, Joyce, that have woodworking? So we're not preparing people with disabilities, especially intellectual disabilities, for the jobs that are open today. Wow. Yeah, it, know. you know what? Yeah, that is amazing when you think about that. Hey, we have... Right now, it's time for our news with Perry Jude Radisic from Pennsylvania Disability Rights, and she is the CEO. It's time for Advocacy Matters every week. We're on here to give everyone an update on what's going on in the world of disability. Perry Jude, are you with us? I am, Joyce, and you've had lots of great advocacy uh, discussions going on today, so thank you for that. Oh, happy. we're always happy with that, aren't we, Perry Jude? We are, and, yeah. and so we, we, can't, we can't let the week go by without acknowledging uh, Memorial Day, which was just yesterday. And all of us, I know all of us took a moment to thank those who gave their life and service for our country. And I know many of us celebrated the holiday with traditions like parades, and some of us visited cemeteries of our loved ones who served, and we barbecued with family and friends. But still we honor those today by ensuring that veterans with disabilities have the resources they need to return to the workforce without discrimination and have great care in the Veterans Administration and provide health and mental health care uh, in those systems. So the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, the EEOC, has excellent resources on employment rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act for both veterans and employers. And there's a link on our webpage today after the show that takes you to both the employer's page and for veterans with disabilities who want to learn more about their rights uh, when seeking uh, employment under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here at Disability Rights Pennsylvania, we started a brand new veteran support project thanks to funding from the Pennsylvania Developmental Disabilities Council. So if there's a veteran with a disability in Pennsylvania, you can call us at 800-692-7443 and dial extension 329, and you can talk to our project director, Stephen Liu, for more information about our new veteran support project. And then finally, Congresswoman Martha Roby has introduced a bill to establish a demonstration project to improve the monitoring of mental health and substance abuse treatment programs at the Department of Veterans Affairs. And so it would establish four protection and advocacy programs across the country to try out access to the VA programs to make sure veterans in four VAs would have access to protection and advocacy services. So on our website, you would also find a link to that bill and a link so that you could send a letter to your member of Congress asking them to co-sponsor Congresswoman Martha Roby's bill, H.R. 1712. And you can find our website at disabilityrightspa.org.org. And Advocacy Matters, and to those in uniform serving today, and to those who have served in the past, we honor you today and every day. Oh, so awesome. And so true. Um, You all know Perry Jude is like a phenomenal treasure in this country and a great advocate for people living with disabilities. And I'm so honored to be on the board. Uh, And what is your website? One more time, Perry Jude. Yes, Joyce. It's uh, disabilityrightspa.org. And go there. Go there and be in the know and know what's going on. Perry Jude, thank you so much. And 
We look forward to your update next week. Hey, thanks, Joyce. And you know what? I love that. I love that. Deborah, our whole idea is keeping everyone apprised of what's going on. Right. I agree. We got it. And we've got to celebrate the successes of others like Disability Rights PA. We have to celebrate each other. And let's show other communities how to really get behind each other and speak from one voice. And that's how we change the world. Yes. Uh, Amen to that. And Deborah, one more time. What is your website again? Thank you so much, Joyce. It is Rue Global, R-U-H-Global.com. And I'm on all social media mediums at Deborah Rue, D-E-B-R-A-R-U-H. And I follow back because we're supposed to be social with each other. (laughs) Well, and you got to go to that website. Got to go. Got to go. You won't believe how much information is there. Um, And one thing, wow, this show is almost over. How is that possible? Okay, so you have to answer this question right now. Will you be a guest again later this year? Oh, I love your show, Joyce. I would be honored to be on your show anytime. And I was honored to have you on my show, too. So if people want to learn more, really, you know, I know that Joyce is always helping the rest of us be heard, but you really want to hear Joyce's story. She's got an amazing story. You can also check out the episode that Joyce was on uh, if you visit my website. So just wanted to brag about you too, Joyce. You're the one that, you know, you're the one that started this with Disability Matters. How long have you been on the air? It's amazing. Wow. Oh, let's see now, about 15 years. (laughs) Time goes so fast. It's amazing. Time goes so quickly, doesn't it? It, Well, I am. You know what? It's the history. You're collecting history of our community. I think that is so cool. Yeah. Yes, and I wish that we could get that history of everyone into schools everywhere. Cause it always breaks my heart yeah. when you say to someone, Hey, do you know what this, uh, to young people, tell me what you know about the Americans with disabilities act. And they don't know, or tell me who Justin Dart is never heard of him. You know, everyone right. else, they have a history. We have a history. Uh, and someday we're going to figure out how to get that history out there for everyone. Uh, so be- before we go, Deborah, so many great things you've done. I can't even list them all. There's so many here. But what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? You know, I, th- there is so many. I- I've been so blessed with my career so blessed and I think sometimes Joyce if you don't worry about who's going to get credit and you you just try to do the right thing it it unfolds but I would say one of my most magical moments was when I got to address the United Nations the convention uh, the uh, committee of state parties so I got to address it I was invited by the president of the United Nations um, office to talk about how important disability inclusion was. And just to be up there and see all those countries represented, it, it, just, it, it just made me feel very, very responsible, making sure that I say the right thing for our community. But it just made me feel like something's shifting. I think something's happening. So that was a real beautiful moment. But, you know, it's one. <laughs> that's, just, that, that's just one for you. That's just one of many. Uh, well, hey, you, we, end every, we end every show with a quote. And today that quote is from Maya Angelou, who said, Life loves to be taken by the lapel and be told, hey, I'm with you, kid. Let's go. Let's go. Isn't that the truth? Deborah, thank you so much for being with us today. And... Everyone, hear me now. She'll be on later this year because we have so much we didn't get to talk about. Uh, And with that, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Hey, talk to you next week. 
with my guest, Stacy Dejanovic. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.